Paul has been trying to instill in our hearts through this letter, the book of Galatians that we have been studying. And I hope maybe that you've landed in that place where you can sing that freedom hymn because you know that it is in Jesus Christ alone that we have been set free. Paul said in chapter 5, verse 1, he said, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. And so often we move back into ways that uh, chain us and tie us down. And so Paul wants to make sure that we are living by Jesus Christ and Christ alone and so that the joy of our salvation would be that freedom hymn. And I hope that you can sing that this morning. As we come to the end of the letter of Galatians, Paul wants us to catch his point. And so if you can turn to the last part of Galatians, Galatians 6, verses 12 through 18, page 1816 in your pew Bibles, you can see that Paul does not want us to miss his message. Verse 11, he says, See what large letters I use as I write to you with my own hand. Most commentators believe at this point that the Apostle Paul took the, took the quill, took the pen from the scribe. Usually they would use scribes to write these kind of letters because they could write neatly. People could you know, figure out their handwriting. They would do it small, so if they're writing this letter, uh, everybody could understand what it was. But at this point, the Apostle Paul snags the pen from, from the scribe. And Paul sits down and, and he takes these giant-sized, John Hancock-sized letters, and he says, notice what I'm writing here as we wrap this letter up, because I don't want you to miss this. See the large letters that I'm writing with? Pay attention to what I have to say. And Paul says, those who want to impress people by means of the flesh are trying to compel you to be circumcised. The only reason they do this is to avoid being persecuted for the cross of Christ. Not even those who are circumcised keep the law, yet they want you to be circumcised that they may boast about your circumcision in the flesh. May I never boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, through which the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. Neither circumcision nor uncircumcision means anything. What counts is the new creation. Peace and mercy to all who follow this rule, to the Israel of God. From now on, let no one cause me trouble, for I bear on my body the marks of Jesus. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit, brothers and sisters. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be, Thanks to, God. be to God. There is no question that I believe that uh, Muhammad Ali was probably the greatest boxer of all times. But in addition to being the greatest boxer of all times, I would even argue that Muhammad Ali was the greatest boaster of all times. Ali was famous for stepping up to the microphone and capturing people's attention and drawing it to himself. He would say things, uh, I float like a butterfly, I sting like a bee. Their hands can't hit what their eyes can't see. He would say things like, I am the prettiest man who has ever lived. He would step up and he would boast. He's like, I'm so mean, I make medicine sick. 
And of course, we know in 1963, he actually made a spoken word record album called I Am the Greatest. Ali was certainly a man who boasted, and when challenging about it, he said, it's not bragging if you can back it up. And certainly he was able to do that. As we think about Ali stepping up, <clears throat> excuse me, and that he was boasting as he got up to the microphone, I would just want to ask you this morning, if you had to step up to the microphone and you got a chance to boast, and we all boast about things, what would you boast about this morning? Would you boast maybe about uh, your job, your, your career, and where that's taken you? Maybe you would boast about your children and about your children's accomplishments. Maybe you would boast about the fact that you completed the mud run, or maybe you would boast that you lost a whole lot of weight recently. What is it that you would, would boast about if you would step up to that microphone? The Judaizers, Paul says, they're stepping up to that microphone, and they're boasting. And what is it that they're boasting in? They're boasting in the fact that the Gentiles have gotten circumcised. Now remember, the Judaizers have been the, the focus of this letter. They are the, the uh, hard-line Jewish believers who said, yes, we can come to faith through Jesus Christ, but we can't abandon the law. We must have Jesus plus the Torah. We must have Jesus plus our rituals. And, the, and what shows that we are in the family of God is that we are circumcised. So yes, you can have Jesus, but you also need to be circumcised. And so as they try to grow that family of God, all they're looking for is that outward sign of the flesh. Have you been circumcised? Because if you've been circumcised, then boom, you're in the family of God. Check. And so they're stepping up to the mark, and Paul says that's what they're boasting about. They're boasting that they, uh, that they had the circumcision, they boast about your circumcision in the flesh in verse 13. But Paul, in contrast, says, may I never boast except. He's given us one thing that he's going to boast about. That word uh, boast in Greek, the root word comes from neck. Comes from neck. And so it means like you're holding your neck up, right? You're holding your head up high. This is what I'm going to declare. This is what I'm most proud of. And Paul says there's only one thing that I'm going to boast about. And it's not going to be about circumcision. Because really circumcision, or no circumcision, does he say, means anything. But what Paul chooses to boast about, he says in verse 14, the only thing that I will hold my head up high for is to boast in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. What? What is Paul thinking? You're going to boast in the cross? I mean, you've got to understand how this would, would hit the ears of the first century people living in Galatia. This would be repugnant to them to think, Paul says, I'm going to boast in the cross of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Greek, the word was crux. And crux was a word that you did not mention in the first century. Much like today, it, 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 it's, it's probably the level of, in our society maybe of the N-word. You just didn't say it because it was repulsive. It was, 
It was disgusting. It was something, it, it was an instrument of torture. It was an instrument where the worst criminals went to die. It was, it was excruciating. It's where we tortured people, where we executed the worst of the worst. And we're not going <clears> to, <throat> and yet you're going to lift high this thing that we don't talk about, this, this cross? That, that's ridiculous, Paul. Why would you, why, of all the things that you could boast about, why would you talk about this thing that no, none of us want to talk about, this, this, this cross, this unmentionable thing, Paul? Why would you lift that up, of all things? That makes no sense, Paul. Makes no sense at all. And Paul actually knew this, that it didn't make any sense. In 1 Corinthians 1, verse 18, Paul says, The message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing. Paul knows it's foolishness. We talk about the cross, and I'm like, oh my goodness, that's the stupidest thing you could ever say, Paul. You believers are talking about a cross where somebody died on? That's ridiculous. Only criminals are on there. Are we going to lift up and boast about somebody who was executed in an electric chair? Hey, let's lift high the electric chair. That's foolishness. And yet Paul does it. He does it. I mean, he's got so many other things that he could boast about, right? He, he, he says that in his other books. He says, I was the Pharisee. Boast about that, Paul. You were a good Pharisee. Boast that you followed all the laws. Follow that you, you went through all of Torah school and you have a great knowledge. Talk about your obedience. Talk about your Jewish pedigree. Paul, there's lots that you could, that you could lift up and boast about. And yet, you're going to boast about this nasty reviled, repulsive, bloody, disgusting instrument of torture, cross? Why would you do that, Paul? What does Paul say? In the second half of 1 Corinthians 1.18, where Paul said, it's foolishness, the cross is foolishness, for those who are perishing. But for those of us who are saved, the cross is the power of God. It is the power of God. And it was displayed on the cross, says Paul, because there on the cross, Paul says in verse 14, the world has been crucified to me and I to the world. And what counts is the new creation. There on the cross, the things of this world were defeated. Sin was crushed. Everything in me that had its tie to the world was crushed, says Paul. It was defeated. And out of the cross, says Paul, I became a new creation. And the cross can not only make me a new creation, it can make you a new creation. And that, says Paul, is the only thing that counts. This word new creation comes from the word kainos. Kainos means something that is remade. All right, so when he's talking about new creation, he's not talking about just slapping on a new feature, like it's an iPhone 10.2 and then a 10.3. No, it's like blowing apart it all together, making something new. You're not just improving it a little bit. It's, it's something completely different. In our terms today, sometimes we like to use the word upcycled, right? So you can think upcycled here. Because when you're a new creation, you are upcycled. It's always redemptive. It's always moving in a positive direction. When I think of that word upcycle, 
I think of the, the many episodes that have gone across my TV of Flea Market Flip. They show flea market flip where they pit people against each other and they go to a flea market and they find an item and then they have to restore it and renew it and remake it into something new. And so they're always finding, it's a competition, and so what they always do is they find something and they're always making bar carts. I don't know why. I didn't know that there was that big of a need for a bar cart, but every item they find, whether it's an old tire or it's a computer or whatever, they go, hey, we can make a bar cart out of that. And you can see here, somebody said, hey, it's a great idea. Let's remake this TV into a bar cart. It's remade into something new. It's no longer a TV. It is now a bar cart. And, and whether you're taking, you know, an old, old shirts and you're turning them, remaking them into a pillow, that's something new. Or you take, uh, you can take bottles and turn them into a chandelier. That would be something new. That's upcycling. We all understand that idea. And Paul is saying here in Jesus Christ, the reason that I'm boasting about the cross is because the cross is the only way in my life and in our lives that we are upcycled and turned into a new creation. We're new creation. And that's what counts, says Paul. Why is this the only thing that counts? that you are made into a new creation? Because friends, one day, we're gonna have to stand before the judgment seat of God. That's a truth. We're gonna have to stand before the judgment seat of God. We are aliens and strangers here on this earth. We are just passing through. God may give you 60, 70, 80, 90 years, maybe even 100. I don't know how many years God will give you, but you are passing through this life. And at the end of this life, all of us, every one of us, will have to stand before the judgment seat of God. And when we stand before our God and we come to his judgment seat, he's going to be looking at us and seeing if we are holy as he is holy. Because God can have nothing to do with sin. Light cannot mess with dark. So the only way we can stand before God and be accepted into eternity with him is that we are found to be holy. And the only way that I will be found to be holy in God's eyes when I stand before that judgment seat of God is if I am a new creation. I don't show up there as Bob Carroll, full of the world, invested in the things of the world, who enjoyed his 85 years of the stuff in the world and just loved the things of this world. What I do is I'm remade into something new through what Jesus did on the cross where he crushed sin, he defeated sin so that sin no longer reigns in me. He took on the penalty of sin so that I no longer am held accountable for the sin. It all went on Jesus Christ. And, and in turn, he put his spirit in me. And with his spirit in me now, with the things of Christ in me, I turn away from the world. And I live for the things of heaven. I live for the things that are holy. My desire are for the things that God wants. And because Jesus is living in me, he continues to defeat that stuff in me. And makes me into a new creation. And so that increasingly as I live this life over, over these years that God gives me, I look more and more like Jesus Christ. And then as I stand before God, is that new creation, he no longer sees me 
He no longer sees Bob Carroll. Instead, he sees Jesus Christ. That I've been remade into the image of Jesus Christ. And with that, God accepts me. That's why it matters. That's why it matters. We get so focused on this life in this world and what we're doing here and now, we forget that life is going to one day, the trajectory is going to take us to the very throne of God. And we need to be thinking about that. That needs to be on our minds. When I get to the throne of God, is God going to accept me? Or is God going to reject me? That's why Paul says, this is the only thing that counts, that you are made into a new creation. And when I stand there, what does Paul say? We then get as a new creation, peace and mercy to all who follow this rule. Isn't that incredible? Incredible good news. I'm going to face the God of all gods, the holy God almighty, and when I stand in his presence, because I've been made into a new creation, what do I receive from him? I receive peace. I receive peace from God, which is the word shalom in Hebrew. And it is all that is well. It is all that is good. Not only the absence of conflict, but also all the blessings. And I receive that from God. I receive peace from him. Colossians 1.21 tells us, once you were alienated from God and were hostile in your minds because of your evil deeds, but now, because of the cross, he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy, unblemished, and blameless in his presence. We receive peace and we receive mercy, says Paul. Peace and mercy. And in that moment, when we stand before God, we are remade into his, in the image of Jesus Christ. Not because of anything we have done, right? I didn't do anything. Jesus did it all on the cross. Jesus did it all. And because of what Jesus has done, because of God's just free gift, because God so loved the world, God now, in kindness, and in compassion, and in grace, he blesses me with all his goodness. He gives mercy to me. He just showers me with those blessings. Because of why? Because of the cross. Not because of what I've done, but because of what Jesus has done. And Paul says, that's why we need to lift up the cross and boast in the cross because that's the only thing that matters. Titus 3, 5 says he saved us, not because of the righteous things we have done, but because of God's mercy. It's all because of the cross that we receive these things. And so here's my question for you. As you move through this, this world, what would possibly be greater than this good news? Could anything be greater than this? I mean, think about this, right? One day, you're going to croak, right? We're all, we're all going to die. And on that day when you die, if you are a new creation, you are going to be accepted by God and receive his peace 
and his mercy so I can live my life in the freedom of Jesus Christ because I know where my eternity is headed. Could there be anything greater, anything greater that I possibly could boast about than that? I, I show up before, could I, should I just say, well, you know what, God, I had this, when, when I was a young stud, I had a stellar wrestling career. I just want to tell you about that. God, you know what, I earned two master's degrees. How about that, God? I live in a nice home in the hills of Walker, Michigan, God. God, I, I have served your church for 35 years, God. I could boast about a whole lot of things. But all of that means absolutely nothing. nothing, which is what the Apostle Paul said. In another letter, Paul writes these words. He says in Philippians 3.8, I consider everything else except for the cross a loss. Get that, it's a negative, right? So everything you are doing in this life, think of balance sheets, right? Where we, where we add up the assets and the liabilities. Everything that you are doing in this life, your career, a loss, right? The great health you've achieved, it's a loss. I have a comfortable retirement, it's a loss. I went to church every Sunday, it's a loss. Everything is a loss except for one thing. The only thing that's in the positive column is have you been remade into the image of Jesus Christ? That's what counts. Everything else is a loss. Everything. Is that what you can boast about today, friends? Can you boast about that today? Can you stand with your head high? And can you boast and declare that you have been set free by Jesus Christ, that through the cross I've been set free? Can you boast about that today? Can you stand and boast that through the cross I have been set free? Are you able to stand and boast today Amen. that through the cross I've been set free? Are you able to stand and boast today? Through the cross, I've been set free. Are you able to boast today? Through the cross, I've been set free. Are you able to boast today? Through the cross, I've been set free. Are you able to boast today in one thing and one thing alone? Through the cross, I've been set free. What are you going to boast in? Through the cross, I've been set free. Oh, dear God, hear us as we hold our hands up high this morning and we have heard Paul's letter and we have taken this in over the summer that it is in Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ alone that we have been set free. And God, we hold our heads high this morning. Because that's what counts. And that's why we're here. 
to give you our glory and to give you our praise for loving us when we were lost and we were so far from you. You extended your grace and mercy to us by sending Jesus Christ to the cross so that we could be one with you again. Thank you, God, for that. That's what matters in our life. And I just want to thank you for every life that is here, that has been turned around, that has been changed, that has been turned into a new creation. I thank you for them, God. I thank you for the way that they were able to see that the old was not, that it didn't mean anything, but they were able to find their new life in you. And I celebrate my brothers and sisters here today who have walked that and found that their lives are in Jesus Christ. And yet, God, I know that there are people here that if they had a look at the ledger slate, they would say, no, I'm not sure that it's up there, that I've been remade into the image of Jesus Christ. And I want to pray for them in this moment, God. I want to pray that your Holy Spirit would fall upon them and that they would be that good soil and that they would receive this word and that this very morning you would draw them to yourself and that they would be able to recognize, they would be able to recognize that it is the cross and the cross alone that they need to claim for their life. And so God, would you draw them by your spirit today so that they too can stand and boast that I am set free in Jesus Christ. God, our prayer is that none would be lost, that none would be lost. And so, God, would we continue here in this church to lift up the cross of Jesus Christ, for it is the good news of salvation. It is the power of God for all who are being saved. And may we, as we live our lives, stake it in one thing and one thing alone, and that's in Jesus Christ alone. We pray these things in Jesus' name, and all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Let's continue to stand together and let's just continue to declare our faith that we are building it on Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ alone. That's where our hope is found.